chocolate donut that came from your house did it or i mean rosa yeah i got also it. salsa oh is it good how'd you like the salsa i haven't had any of it yet oh damn but i'll eat some after this it looks really good it looks like some real ass salsa i, I roasted those tomatillos myself really mm-hmm. did you um pan roast them or just do it on um I guess you would have to pan roast them. It's like you go outside and grill right now. <laughs> I guess you could, but it's kind of cold. Um, no, I was too lazy to pan roast them, so I just broiled them. Which I mean, I guess it's, it not doesn't quite work. as good. Yeah, I don't think, but um, it's quicker and easier. <laughs> yeah, did you emulsify them? Uh, yeah, I, I sure did. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it, baby. baby. Blend them up, baby. Well, this is VHS Cult, the Christmas special. I'm Santa Kyle. Ho ho ho. I'm Sean Scrooge. Bahumbug. Uh, you could be Santa Sean because that's bas- there is a Saint John, so that's basically the same thing. <laughs> mm, eh, mm. I feel like Catholics might argue the point. Well, um, Sean is the Irish version of John. Santa is how you say Saint in Latin languages. <laughs> uh, so there I'd be go. like Santa, Santa Sean. <laughs> There's no um Saint Kyle though. I don't think. Oh, man. Well, there's always a chance for you. You can be the uh, first one. They could be me. And you know what? It'll probably happen because of this episode of the podcast. Because guess what's happening in this episode? You're going to take communion. Today, I will answer the question of what the hell does Christmas mean anyway? And by extension, what is the meaning of life? Oh, yeah. We're done after this one, guys. <laughs> there's nowhere to go from here. That's right. This will be the most important Christmas episode, most important Christmas content of all time, possibly the most important content ever produced of any kind. I got um, pretty drunk last night, and I'm probably going to be pretty emotional. Also, everything in this film we're going to talk about intersects with stuff that's like deeply um, meaningful and resonant to me. So hopefully... Kyle wishes his father was a cop. That's what he wants. He really wants a cop, Dad. Yeah, that's you know it, buddy. Every episode, I'm like, all cops are bastards except for Cop Daddy, your old cop fella, dad. Cop Dad, coming to CBC this fall. I'm surprised we don't um, have cops in our family to complete um, the Irish stereotype. Too many gangsters. Yeah, we're the. I guess I think I said before. There's the the Irish people. There's the two sides, right? There's the the political and cop ones, and then there's the the white trash ones. We got some firemen. Yeah, that's true. But firemen aren't the same as cops. <laughs> <laughs> firemen um, help society in some way. So yeah, most of the time. Sometimes they also spray people with fire hoses. But you know that's that's, that's true. Not- yeah, but they're that's not, not a, their preferred method. They're not a consistently active negative force on society as the way cops are. Cops basically just torment people. <laughs> Once in a while, firefighters help people. So, what the hell does Christmas mean, anyways? What does Christmas mean to you? What the hell's Kwanzaa, anyways? <laughs> uh, Christmas means uh, like magic bars and and. Uh, LC's Christmas cookies and uh, mm. uh, Mexican food or yeah, perhaps, perhaps Italian food. food. Yeah, always tamales. It's tamale season, guys. They're even giving. They even selling tamales at Del Taco. They're probably not very good, but I mean, 
ask a coworker for tamales if you have any um Mexican. I, I, 100%. If you live in Arizona and you're buying tamales from Del Taco and not like, <laughs> selling them on the side of the road, then you've yeah. done something wrong. <laughs> no, if you live in Arizona, you know like three to a dozen different women who are making. I mean, if you don't, there. there's a man selling them on the side of the road. Yeah, it's uh, the corn man, the elote man. Um, he doesn't. The corn man usually doesn't have tamales. Uh, our corn man, though, man, get some mango. He'll um, carve it for you. This time of the year, I feel it. like the the, the corn mm. man usually has tamales. Uh, yeah, the the one like the one that I was like friends with for the couple years that like I lived in the same neighborhood as him. He didn't ever have tamales, but I'm sure maybe corn man, other corn men do. But uh, shit, man, you're talking about deck the halls, baby. Please come home. That's that's what you're talking about, right? Christmas, this- blah, blah blah blah. Christmas. <laughs> talking about uh, what was if the- you really love Christmas? <laughs> if you really love Christmas, that would be uh, our Daniel Johnston uh, Christmas Town uh, uh, album. Oh, he <laughs> bought a lot of uh, forced uh, syllables. Well, he, yeah, Daniel Johnston did famously do that quite a bit. <laughs> not really a trained musician of any kind, but that's why he's the best. Outsiders forever. I only like people. Yeah, I love that book too. <laughs> yeah, hey, Pony Boy, Pony Boy. <laughs> and uh, Soda Pop, Soda Pop and Daddy is what they call them. All right, Pony Boy, stay golden, Pony Boy. Uh, Johnny, do for Johnny, man. Do for Johnny. Do for the Karate Kid, man. Do for the Karate Kid. Do for Johnny. Man, there's so many dudes in that movie that went on to be, like, famous dudes. It's a real it's, It is like a famous dude movie. Yeah, that movie's just full of dudes. Full the of least famous one is Mount Ralph Macchio. <laughs> yeah, but he's Karate Kid. Exactly. <laughs> the, the least famous one, the famous one is probably... Um, Pony Boy himself. Yeah. Uh, oh, Pony Boy Curtis. Pony Boy Curtis. I can't leave anything else that dude was in. Well, anyhow, uh, Tokyo Godfathers, 2003. One winter's eve in Tokyo, Japan, three homeless people discover an abandoned baby and join together to reunite mother and child. A man ashamed of his past. <laughs> a girl afraid to go home. <laughs> and a woman with a remarkable secret. From the award-winning anime director, Satoshi Khan, the visionary behind Perfect Blue and Millennium Actress, and world-renowned animation studio, Madhouse, the creative force who produced X, Vampire Hunter D and Ninja Scroll comes the critically acclaimed Tokyo Godfathers. Christmas Eve, three homeless people living on the streets of Tokyo discover a newborn baby among the trash and set out to find his parents. Neither one of these guys is John Wayne or John Leguizamo, and I'm furious about it. <laughs> Why would it be either of those? Uh, because both of those guys did a take on the same fucking story. Oh, three Godfathers? Yeah. And Ice Age. <laughs> Oh, interesting. I guess I, you know what? I guess I see kind of, yeah. Whoa. Even like little man, oh, three little men and a, what was it? Baby, three little men and a baby, right? I always want to say three little men and a little lady, but that's a sequel. That's a shitty sequel. There's no ghost in that one. Oh, yeah, the ghost myth. It was actually just a cutout for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but uh, all those movies are trash, whereas this one, um, incredibly poignant, very many, many <laughs> layers to it. Kyle, this movie didn't spawn 14 sequels like Ice Age did. Yeah, but um, money isn't everything. In fact, I'm going to prove that money is completely meaningless. <laughs> Ooh. Hmm. Or at least... um, I don't know. They won the lottery at the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but th- I mean, um, it's uh, obviously because of how society's structured, there's uh, quite a bit of meaning in money, but the reality of it is it's not that important. What's important is love. But um, to get started, we have to contextualize the movie a little bit um, because it's Japanese and has a lot to do with criticism of Japanese culture, which also um, very much applies to wherever you live at if you live in the West or the Northern Hemisphere or most of the world. So we'll contextualize it. We'll be talking about Japan quite a bit, but um, 
Well, I'm going to be talking about Vietnam. I'm going to be really a, a racist on this one. If you're American, um, all this shit applies to you, too. <laughs> or if you're Chinese or Canadian or English or any of that shit. Uh, specifically, though, religion in Japan, um, the Agency for Cultural Affairs in Japanese government says 69% of the population practices Shintoism, 66.7. Which is what I tell people when they come to the door. Oh, sorry, we're Shinto. <laughs> I tell them that ah, I'm a Satanist. He'll say, <coughs> I'm a Zoroastrian. Yeah. What's He'll that? <laughs> Let me tell you about our Lord and Savior, Fire. Uh, 66.7% Buddhism, 1.5% Christianity, and 6.2% other religions. You'll notice this adds up to be more than 100%. That's because a lot the of Shinto people... Shinto and Buddha got them crossovers going. Correct. Most people in Japan have a crossover religion with Shinto and Buddhism. Uh, Shinto is followed in a general degree with uh, everyone kind of celebrates the same cultural festivals, worshiping ancestors and spirits, occasionally attending in shrines, um, and like I've I said, watched Tenchi Moyo. Yeah, most people practice a combination of Shinto Buddhism. Uh, Tenchi Moyo strict uh, Shintoism in there. Most of Japan is um, essentially, essentially, actually non-religious. They're like culturally Shinto and Buddhist, but um, in Japan, uh, honestly, in a lot of ways, like how America is kind of culturally Christian, but not correct. necessarily Christian. Yeah, there's a specific reason for it in Japan, though. Uh, Japan. Um, the way they see religion in Japan isn't the same as it is in the West, where they don't believe in strict adherence or religious affiliation or um, religious doctrine to the same degree. Like the idea of going to church and constantly having to establish your faith and stuff is uh, an alien concept in Japan. So um, <laughs> in other surveys, like one conducted by the Japanese broadcasting group called NHK, uh, 62% non-religious 31 percent buddhism three percent shinto one percent christianity one percent other two percent no answer so even if people are like culturally shinto or buddhist if you generally if you ask people in japan if they're shinto they'll think you're referring to people that are actually like members of like people that actually their life is dedicated to shintoism you know like tenshi moyo like that operate shrines and stuff like that and they'll say no because they're not a member of Shinto exactly. They just have some Shinto traditions and stuff. You'll recall if you've seen the Martin Scorsese film Silence, that at one point um, a bunch of Portuguese missionaries came to Japan and started talking about Catholicism. Yeah, Jesuits. Started bringing the Catholicism there. So Christianity for a little bit was kind of taken off in Japan. The, uh, uh, the Then they did the... Um, they basically closed the country, right? Everyone knows Japan said, fuck this. We're anti-colonial, anti-Western shit. We're staying Japanese. Fuck that shit. And, and for America about, said, fuck that shit. <laughs> well, for about 200 years, they are completely closed off. They were also uh, killing Christians. So they kind of squashed Christianity. Uh, freedom of religion didn't exist in Japan until 1871. So um, that's the reason why there's very little christian representation in japan despite after world war ii japan becoming incredibly westernized did you know that um the united states was we were even in control of what sort of media was able to be produced and broadcast in japan after world war ii i mean that's what happens when you uh when you lose a world war i think yeah i mean that's i don't know that's just like that I don't. That's completely. I mean, do you me. think that that's uh that's what ha- that's what's happening in Iraq or it has been happening in Iraq, yeah. right? Yeah. I, and then, I don't know I, whether it's good or bad. Is obviously. Oh, no, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because the uh, American military shouldn't really be involved in, in media production. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm. But then, like, free uh, speech absolutionists, like people say all the time, or whatever. But I, I don't think anyone should necessarily be in control of what ideas can be expressed you know what i mean like just the concept of it is uh, philosophically important to me you hear you go with your philosophical oh we're gonna we're gonna be talking a lot of philosophical shit because if you didn't notice this movie is all about religion and spirituality and (laughs) all sorts of shit no i didn't know i thought it was mostly about greed well, it um, does have quite a bit of anti-consumerism anti-capitalism that shit that i love yeah, me and Satoshi Khan, I think we, we would have been best friends. He seems to have a very similar uh, ethos to me. He doesn't. He thinks you smell like milk. 
Yeah, that's what the butter stink. That's what they think <laughs> Westerners have because they don't use much dairy. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a giant compared to most Japanese. People. Jokes on them! I actually don't consume very much dairy either. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, well, I eat a lot of cheese sometimes. And, I'll go uh, through phases where I eat a lot of cheese, but it's, butter. I don't drink milk though. No, nah, no milk, no ice cream. Um, ice cream on very rare occasions. You know, I get, you know. Special I guess milk so maybe I'll have uh, maybe I'll have a root beer float on Christmas. We'll yeah. see. I guess milk makes it into uh, it makes it as an ingredient into a lot of things we eat though. I love Japanese milk bread. Milk is a prime ingredient in that. But they don't have the butter sink. <laughs> they also have different earwax than white people do. And, well, they have <laughs> well, different I have, earwax than if, other people do. You have different earwax than anybody I've ever seen besides James. Yep. He's powerful. <laughs> thick, thick black earwax. <laughs> Comes from, yeah, I have to clean my ears pretty regularly with the water pick. I'm glad to know that the powerful earwax gene has passed on to another carrier. <laughs> Jameson can carry the torch into the future. He's going to need a water pick when he starts in. Well, you, so it's a, I, my conclusion is since earwax is kind of like a form of sweat, and since uh, for some reason I'm sweaty all the time, you just make extra earwax too. Just extra <laughs> sweat. Sweat <laughs> theory. I'm sticking to it. <clears throat> yeah. You can't prove mm. me nothing. Um, yeah. So, anyways, because of the uh, the the the, uh, the killing of the the Catholic martyrs and stuff, um, there's not too much Christianity going on in Japan. Uh, but like I said, it is heavily Westernized in Japan, so they do still celebrate Christmas. But it's um just like a consumer holiday, kind of like it is in the United States, anyways. And it's not treated very traditionally. Um, that's kind of like it's the United States, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like what, like we talked about before, a lot of the traditions for Christmas are like weird, Northern European spooky shit. Which I is mean, like honestly, fun. a lot of it really just comes from um, uh, Charles Dickens. Yeah, that's yeah, the modern uh, Christmas for sure, and Coca Cola because uh, that's what the oh yeah, Santa Claus Santa is one hundred percent from Coca Cola. Yeah, the way he looks now, yeah, that's that's Coca Cola. Thanks, so, um, and that's interesting to bring up <laughs> in our anti-consumer movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting thought that a um, corporation has uh, basically created a, the depiction of what ostensibly should be a religious figure. So capitalism is usurped God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Satoshi Kone. Um, Listeners may know him as the director of Perfect Blue, one of the best anime, animated films of all time. Uh, just ask Darren Aronofsky about it. He's constantly tried to make it. <laughs> um, Millennium Actress, another amazing film, not as famous. I recommend everyone check it out. He does have a 13-episode anime series called Paranoia Agent, which is also really good. And then um, aside from Perfect Blue, I think his... Technically, his last film, Paprika, is probably the most famous in the West. I think a lot of people know about Paprika. Yeah, you got, got salt, you got pepper, you got paprika. Uh, he started out as an animator on the '90s JoJo Bizarre JoJo's Bizarre Adventure like limited series. Uh, he did worked as an animator on Pat Labor Two, which is a pretty good anime movie. The first one's not, but the second one's pretty good. <laughs> Pat Labor, ooh, gun tanks. Um. There is a great cyberpunk anthology anime called Memory, which uh, was curated by Katsuhiro Otomo, who's, of course, the man who created Akira. Satoshi Kon wrote the segment Magnetic Rose, which is the best segment in the movie. So everyone check that out, especially if you're like, damn, Cyberpunk 2077 sucks. Just go watch Memories or Akira or Blade Runner or like Hardwire, Hardware or I don't know. There's a bunch of them that are better than fucking cyberpunk 2077 um he, he began work on his final film dreaming machine in 2008 despite his failing health um producer masayo moyama promised the film would be finished after his death in 2010 the film was put on hold but resumed later that year with yoshimi itazu assuming director duties based on the completed storyboards financial difficulties however forced the film to put on hold again with 600 shots out of 1500 having been animated at that point supposedly it's still being produced but i haven't oh, heard anything gosh. about it in a while <laughs> yeah it's also like if he's not alive to direct it does it really What's count point, you know yeah. i understand like his friend the producer 
promising him that he was he was gonna get it made, you know, even after he died. But I don't know. I don't know if I would care. I guess if um, I made a promise, I would fulfill it. But then I'm like, no, oh, it's kind of not worth it. Yeah. Satoshi Kon cites the work of sci-fi writers Phil K. Dick and Yasutaka Sutsui, Japanese director Akira Kurosawa, and surrealist director Terry Gilliam as an influence on his work. And he also admits to having watched a wide variety of anime and Western films that influenced him. Terry Gilliam um, made about a dozen amazing, very imaginative movies. And then last year, yelled at a woman about people using pronouns in their bios on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> he became a crazy person. As well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pity that awaits us all. I guess. I th- uh, often wonder that, like, um, is society going to progress some way further that when I'm, like, 60, I just won't be able to comprehend it at all? <laughs> he gets so angry at everyone. Yeah, I'll be like, in my day, we didn't, we had more than two genders. What's this gender binary shit? And that'll be considered offensive in the future. <laughs> no, they, they'll just say everybody's one gender. Oh, weird. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, old man. Yep, you got me. You got it's the me. human instrumentality project. Right? I remember um, watching Westworld the first season when it came out, and um, I like didn't care what was happening to most of the characters because they were just robots who kept getting their minds wiped and shit. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, right? Because I was like, well, they don't remember the pain or anything. And I told like my girlfriend at the time that, and she's like, you're gonna be on the wrong side of history when there's androids and stuff. And I was thinking about, it, I was like, no, because like once they develop self-interest and self-identity and they become individuals and stuff obviously i won't want to be mistreated then it's just like i was just saying the events that took place in westworld i didn't particularly care about because they were just robots that didn't know anything you know i know you th- you, you're yeah. saying you're uh you're a robosexual i was just saying like the drama <laughs> didn't like the drama wasn't real to me because it was just being played out ad, ad nauseum or whatever it's like, I've, I, he keeps killing Evan Rachel Wood's character. What a terrifying way to live. Like, well, she's a robot. She doesn't remember it every time. But she does. But she does eventually, but not inherently. Didn't she have to be forced to do it? Right? No, I think she was like slowly remembering. I, I watched Westworld pretty recently, but my recollection, she was slowly, rem- like her memories weren't wi- being wiped. She still remembered pieces of it, you know what I mean? So oh. she had like PTSD from it. Yeah, but I, I mean, my thinking was that the they didn't. Become, yeah, you just don't care about people's mental health. Well, no, they just didn't become self-actualized at all, right? Wasn't it just? I don't know. We're not here to talk about Westworld. <laughs> but anyway, no, we're I guess Westworld. Not, I guess maybe. it's the original Michael Crichton Westworld movie, yeah. not the the HBO show either. Yeah, and when I'm ninety, up, fuckers. My point is, when I'm ninety and the androids are out there asking for rights or whatever. I'll probably still support Android rights. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight in the Android Wars. <laughs> I'm gonna be a Blade Runner. <laughs> I'm gonna run them blades until I fall in love with uh, an Android, and then you secretly are an Android. Whoa! Or maybe not, because they don't really revisit that one. Well, he's not in the sequel, so then he's technically he's not. But they allude to it a little bit um, when he goes and sees uh, the other Blade Runner. He's like, ah, he's probably dead now. Something in the eyes. He also um, was able to have children, though. But that's the whole point of the film. Yeah, life lines away. It's a replicant had a child, anyways. So that doesn't discount him being a replicant either. Oh, geez, we'll never know the truth. It's time for Blade Runner 2077. I'd play that. No, no. (laughs) It's a series of uh, carvings, uh, bar reliefs. Oh, it's uh, Scrimshaw. That's good, Scrimshaw. Uh, in May 2010, Cone was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. That's one of the ones that hurts really bad. I think they all hurt. Oh. <clears throat> um, he was given half a year to live, uh, so Satoshi Cone chose to spend the remainder of his life in his home. Shortly before his death, Khan composed a, fil- a final message, which was uploaded to his blog by his family upon his death. Khan died on August 24, 2010, at the age of 46, with his final words being, or at least the end of his blog post being, with feelings of gratitude for all that is good in this world, I put down my pen. I'll be leaving now. <clears throat> I mentioned last week we might read more of the blog posts, but uh, it's pretty long, and I don't feel comfortable like editing it or anything. Uh, if you feel like crying, go check it out. Um, <clears throat> but I think uh, that 
actually kind of encapsulates most of his creative work as well, where he is concerned with all things good in the world. Uh, often it's depicted in not necessarily, um, or just depicted in a way where you can see in stark relief what is good because of how much bad is being shown. Uh, the, the pursuit of love, love being all there is, love being the colon of God, uh, human interconnectivity, collectivism, all that sort of stuff. That's generally the thrust of everything he's made. Well, with regards to Tokyo Godfathers, it's actually quite a bit more grounded than any of his other stuff, even though it is magical realism. It's got like a Christmas miracle in it, you know, but um, there's well, I no mean, like, it's kind of uses those um, those plot contrivances or coincidences that only only really work in a Christmas movie. Um, and if you do them well, they actually are perfect. Well, because yeah, he does it very earnestly and sincerely, where it's, it's synchronicity, right? It's like the Christmas synchronicity of Christmas spirit. Like everything works out. They're guided by light and wind, the light of God and, and divine wind. No farts, divine farts. Um, so there's no murder in this film. You won't see anyone get killed. Uh, almost, almost, yeah. And the old man dies, but he's not murdered. He just dies from being old. Although um, maybe a little bit of murder. <laughs> there's no really direct antagonists in the movie. The only antagonist is a uh, badly structured society. And he there every character is pretty much offered uh, mercy, mercy and some form of clement and clemency. Uh it's, it's wild shit when you think about it. It's a very humane, a very forgiving film. But hey, that's Christmas time for you, baby. Christmas time is here. Um, yeah, still got all the ingredients of his other work, though. The important philosophical stuff, like I said, love being everything there is, love being God, God being love, uh, dissatisfaction with the status quo. Uh, Satoshi Kone's pretty fucking punk rock. Um, he loves manga and anime, so he decided to make Perfect Blue to dissect the culture that allows otaku culture to exist and disrupt society and be damaging to women. Uh, he hates the misogyny of Japanese culture, so all of his films feature strong, empowered women, etc., etc., etc. My type of guy. He loves Cyberpunk 2077. He would hate it, I'm sure. Now he, I mean, it's fun to play, and I, it's like stupid and out of touch as they are because they're nerds. You know what I mean? It's like they they tried on some things, and I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's supposed to be actively offensive. You know, it's just. They have Accidentally of, offensive. Yeah, they have a lot of blind spots because they're nerds from conservative Catholic Poland, you know? Am I right, huh? Huh? Tell no. me, let me know, Poland. <laughs> I'll ask my ex-girlfriend. Uh, so, what's this film all about? Hmm? Well, you could start... The film starts with the billboards fucking everywhere. Even the, the, the credits are depicted on billboards. Commercial signs everywhere looming over everyone. The homeless camp is even made out of an old old sign. There's commercial products being offered at graves. Capitalism, consumerism is inescapable. It's looming over everyone, destroying everything that matters. Uh, so U.S., China, Japan. Disposed tyrant. Yeah, U.S., China, Japan, top three world consumers. So just keep that in mind. Um, uh, it's shitty as the United States is as far as consumerism and capitalism goes. China is also bad <laughs> in Japan. Um, so this film is about spirituality. Uh, Satoshi Kon's concept of spirituality, I think, which I think is more just humanism versus capitalism or consumerism. Or I guess really it's meaning versus meaninglessness. So we got our three characters. We got Hana, Gin, and Miyuki. These people are outsiders. They're lost people. They are all homeless. One's a trans woman, one's a young girl, one is an older man who lost everything due to gambling and alcoholism. They also are the three magi. Did you catch that? Did you catch the three magi? <laughs> the, the three wise men? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I bring it to you frankincense, myrrh, and Led Zeppelin for. A lot of it, I, from a Western perspective, when you watch the movie, you're like, a lot of it's like so on the nose, right? And like obvious in the beginning. Um, but keep in mind, this is Japan where Christianity is basically only ever used sort of like iconography and the aesthetics of Christianity, like Evangelion. 
where this oh, is yeah. where this film is directly like hey there's a whole bunch of religious christian symbolism and shit in it i don't he's not putting it in there to advocate the idea that like hey japan is a corrupt country because we don't go to church anymore no that's exactly what it is you, they've, <laughs> they've strayed from god's light well, kind of, but once I've got to keep reiterating Satoshi Khan, the human love is God. So people have strayed from God's light. Now they got to take communion and confess their sins to some old man. Yeah, He's probably drunk. But communion, <laughs> real communion is having sex with someone you love. No, 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 no. No, you know. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Kyle, I've been to church many times. I've seen, I've seen the church crackers. The body of Christ. I remember in, um, it tastes awful. V for Vendetta, the graphic novel, not the movie, because the movie didn't include this part, even though it was amazing. He uh, feeds the corrupt uh, preacher a communion wafer made of arsenic because it's supposed to turn to the body of Christ when you consume it. And he's like, oh, he still died because it didn't transform. Oh, Oops. <laughs> Alan Moore. Oof, you, what an edgy atheist. <laughs> uh, so in Christian... Um, dogma, mythology, the three magi, the three kings, the, the, the three wise men, uh, they eventually came to represent uh, certain regions, like foreign regions from the Western perspective and time periods in human history. Like there's the like classic age, middle age, modern age, and the three kings represented. Well, I don't know. It took like 200 years for them to figure out what the bullshit of their own religion meant. Well, right. they had a bunch of councils about it. There was some wars involved. Yeah, and even in Eastern Orthodoxy, there's like a dozen, I think, wise men or magi, not three. And you know what I mean? They, it's uh, it's almost like it's all made up. So don't don't worry about it. But uh, I bring this up only because in Tokyo Godfathers, our three magi represent the most oppressed and neglected and abused segments of Japanese society, as caused by capitalism specifically the american brand of capitalism which we offered to give them after world war ii and by offered to give i mean crammed down their throats they took it willingly they left it they loved it they loved it loved it um so light and wind are very important to the film uh wind specifically kamikaze which means divine wind i'm not familiar uh well it was propagandized in world war ii by Hirohito, right? Where it was just like how awesome Japan is, and we're good. Japan's really good at killing, and they'll do anything with the divine winds. But actually, came from all the way back when the Mongols kept trying to invade Japan, and they kept getting destroyed by outer season typhoons. Man, I'm not familiar with the Mongols either. You love the Mongols. <laughs> <laughs> That's like your favorite um historic empire, isn't it? Nah, I don't know. I like I like I don't know. There's a lot, I read a lot about the Mongols and. I think, yeah, certainly when I was like, younger, but like Rome and the Mongols. Um, I like to read about the Babylonian Empire a lot, too. Mm. Oh, well, I'm a man of those? many empires. I don't like any empire after, like, say, for the 1400s, though. You know, <laughs> once guns and, and gunpowder get involved, ugh, you know? yeah. Yeah. That strategy went out the window back then. Yeah, like, you know, uh, at least you need a bigger up, cannon. Yeah, line up and shoot each other. Get bigger guns. Get a faster gun. <laughs> gun that flies. Uh, 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 all right, so yeah, like I said, the three most um neglected, oppressed, uh, abused segments of Japanese society. Uh, once again, focusing on Japan, but uh, this is about you too, America. So we got <laughs> Hannah. Let's keep, I'm gonna keep hammering on America. <laughs> well, I just mean it's worldwide, obviously. Um, so we got Miyuki, who's the young girl, she has a cat named Angel. The cat was lost, uh, so um, Yuki's an atheist, makes fun of her religious mother, uh, etc. Uh, she's still culturally Shinto, though. We see her um, at worship at the shrine with Hannah at one point, but she obviously is not really spiritual. She's um, separated from her family because of uh, the oppressive patriarchy <laughs> of her father, which is depicted very well in her a stabbing memory <laughs> well because you see um she stabs him and he's not filled with regret or sadness or pain he's fucking angry right because oh his fucking vassal his daughter how dare she turn against me you know what i mean um yeah exactly how dare she stab me uh this is uh the um japan is um considered one of the most misogynistic countries in the world still despite also being somewhat considered a progressive country 
one of the health ministers in Japan recently in the last few years said that women were basically machines that were designed to give birth and nothing else. Also, a common theory in American uh, geopolitical or GOP politics. Yeah, I'm, uh, like I'm saying, some universal truth in this film. <laughs> you know, when a, when a woman doesn't want to be raped, the body has a way of, uh, of shutting it down, as you, as you were, you see? It's science. <laughs> That one time I um like jokingly said that to like one of my managers at a job like because they were talking about um abortion rights with the one like one of the younger girls that I worked with <laughs> and I and I like jokingly said it to him like obviously taking the piss out of it and he was like yeah that's right you know and I was like what no it's not what are you fucking talking about <laughs> what <laughs> Why, how would that be possible. You're in charge of me. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel a lot of the time. That's how I feel at every job I've ever had. Fuck, you know my mom. Yeah, my mom knows that that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> my mom doesn't believe in magical vagina dentata. <laughs> That'd be it awesome, It is though. real. would <laughs> be awesome, though. There'd be, like, absolutely fetishes around that if vagina dentata was, um, like, like, a yeah, possibility. Man, there's fetishes around it now, and it's not a possibility. Yeah, that's true. It's a possibility with your imagination and um, fan art. <laughs> or uh, extensive plastic surgery in a foreign country. Yeah, like uh, Korea, as far as extensive plastic surgery goes. South Korea. What? what? Mm -hmm. Or some sort of Eastern European country. They, they got no scruples. <laughs> well, I just meant the overwhelming amount of plastic surgery that South Korea takes part in so they can appear more Western. Some of it's forced on them if they're uh, K-pop idols. So you want to be a star, don't you, honey? <laughs> Yeah, you better fix them eyelids. Disgusting. I hate the world we live in. <laughs> the world we live in. <laughs> I hate it. Uh, well, let's um, talk about more about the Mongols. They are great guys. You know, they um would put meat under their saddle. Yeah, that, I, I know how uh, steak like, tars made. <laughs> yeah, and tenderize the shit out of it while they rode all day and then they eat it. Mm, delicious. And they, they drank fermented horse milk? Yeah, marriage milk. Nice. That's badass. But it tastes or goat delicious. Milk, yeah. Oh, yeah, they hung out with goats. Reindeer. Mm. Oh, yeah. So Miyuki, um, because her dad got rid of her cat, Miyuki stabbed her dad. Obviously, it's not just because he got rid of her cat. Um, so no, she, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, yeah, obviously, it's not just that was the breaking the cat, point. But yeah. that's a breaking point. But that's like a real shitty thing to do to a kid. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, um, first of all, he's a Japanese man. So we. Pretty confident he doesn't respect women. And then also he's a cop, so he doesn't respect anyone anyways. <laughs> Guaranteed. And he probably beats his wife and his daughter. And you know what I mean? He's a shitty guy. Uh, so she leaves home. That's why she's homeless. Apparently only less than 2% of the Japanese homeless population are women, though. So she's kind of an outlier. But um, she's, like I said, she's in it to depict the subjugation of women in Japanese society. But she still longs for home, for family, for love, because all humans do. Uh, there's a really great scene where after the shooting of the Yakuza boss, uh, she gets taken by the assassin who takes her home. And then um, the baby's being breastfed by the uh, the mother figure there. And the, the, the mother figure is breastfeeding two babies, completely bathed in light, looks ethereal, like the universality of womanhood is God etc and the lights touching miyuki a little bit but she's off in the dark and then she turns to look at the family photos that the woman has that are all cast in light and then the light starts to reflect onto miyuki the woman mentions that her father's a cop and the miyuki filled with light bursts out and is super excited to tell her that her father's also a cop she's singing about her family but as we know all cops are bastards yeah, so I mean, he shows up at the end. So maybe they reconcile. I doubt it. Um, actually, in the spirit of Christmas and trying to be positive, uh, I think that is the point of Satoshi Khan's uh, character arc with her. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean, I, you don't need to be coy about it. We don't need to shit on cops that bad, <laughs> but we will. <laughs> it's Christmas time, so you know. Don't kill them. Cops were children once too. Yeah, it's Christmas. It's the Christmas armistice. Don't kill cops on Christmas Day. Any other day, perfectly fine. Um, so that's that's our character Miyuki. Next up, we got um Gin, who is he used to be a family man, 
but he well, alcohol, not really, sort of. Well, uh, I'm gonna give you the societal context for uh, what he represents. So, um, you know the 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 bubble burst in Japan in like 1995. Yeah, I never and it, and it never came back. But yeah, but um, that caused a huge drop in um, economic uh, quality for the lower classes of Japan. Um, what's interesting in Japan is they never dismantled their um, mental health organizations. So you you know how the stereotype in the United States and other places that a lot of homeless people are not homeless so because yeah. of mental illness and suffering and they're not able to take care of themselves. Japan actually has five times their prison population of mental patient, patients in patient care. So that's not what's going on in Japan. Uh, Japan does have a huge problem with homelessness, despite them hiding it, and also sort of laissez-faire genocide on the homeless population during the 90s after the bubble burst. Um, most of the men, homeless people in Japan uh, are men over 40 suffering from alcoholism and gambling problems, but most of them did come from the family environments. They were salarymen. They were regular office workers, regular laborers working class once the bubble burst and there was no safety net for any of them these guys got kind of left behind and because of the restrictive honorable nature of japanese society a lot of these men actually like gin have family that they could return to but they're they because of the, the the values of honor in japanese society they're they'd rather live on the streets and suffer than have to return in shame to their family so that's why he's basically super cynical doesn't believe in shit he's just drinking all the time everything sucks um he also his daughter's name is kyoko which means uh like purity pure child holy child so he abandoned the holy child and got no faith in anything and he suffers right because he turned away from the light <gasps> 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 and also fucking society's fault uh this is happening all over the place in the united states keep your eyes open we're gonna have to kill politicians soon <laughs> i mean part of this is his fault like you get into fucking gambling debt i mean come on i have very limited uh sympathy uh well i mean so there's there's only uh like two avenues of vice available to like the working class of japan is gambling and alcohol uh, so a lot of people are going to fall into that trap. I don't, to me, I don't necessarily... That's like the, the same trap of all uh, working class people, though. Yeah, but I, I don't think that makes him evil or anything. Oh, I'm not saying that. I just don't think it necessarily makes him the most sympathetic character in this movie. Uh, speaking of lights, though, I just like the light motif in the movie because it's uh, God's light or the light of love. Um, when he's protecting the old man, he's getting beat up by those kids. The uh, office lights of the building in the background, they function as like health bars, like in a fighting game, if you pay attention to. Oh, shit, I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like when he gets beat up, like all the lights start to go out on the left side. But then when he stands up to at the end to like yell at the kids as they're leaving, he gets like two more of the lights come back on. You know, I don't know. It's pretty cool. <laughs> He's hulking out. Yeah, I, th I thought that's pretty cool. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of shit in this movie. It's uh we I go on and on about like all the religious symbolism and shit, but got a point to make. <laughs> um, then our final magi is Hannah, who is a trans woman. Um, I don't need to explain why that's hard to do in society. That's uh, I think that's pretty common everywhere. Yeah, Interestingly, though, uh, specific to Japan, this is kind of interesting. I think because of the country closure, closure, and the the relative lack of interaction with the Western world for a prolonged period. Uh, for very long, up until the 1890s or so, like when they reopened up and because the United States made them, uh, Japan, incredibly homosexual, incredibly gender fluid, weren't worried about any of this shit. These are all values that the, were adopted from uh, Western society. Samurai is notoriously homosexual. Um, kabuki theater, it was thought that only men can understand the true beauty of women so female characters were played by men and those men lived as females even outside of the shows um gender was created treated as though it was just um <laughs> it was observed as um how you operated or what duties you assumed rather than it being a biological trait 
uh, all this out the window as soon as we started interacting with the United States and Portugal and Spain. And Kyle, women can have babies. They're baby machines, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's interesting. That I, I think it's interesting that for a prolonged period of time would have been completely acceptable. And Japan even now has this. I mean, that's this- even true in, in certain Western societies, in certain places. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just that the prevailing attitude over the last two hundred years has become. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. As Christianity has gotten more and more popular, then the notions of um, gender have become very strict in like a religious context. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, spread worldwide. Well, they did have sort of strict generals when it came to marriage, but to them, marriage the only the purpose of marriage was only to continue the family line, and it was like even acceptable for wealthier women to have their own like uh, female side piece. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just interesting to talk about. Uh, there's also this perception even now that Japan is rather progressive when it comes to LGBT rights because they have. Uh, trans members of the Japanese diet, openly gay members, and they have had for a few years now. That shit's not real at all, though. <laughs> like, nope. Um, like they still have uh, um, conversion therapy for adults and children. You have to go through uh, like endless psychological evaluation, and then you have forced sterilization and gender reassignment to if you're trans. All this other shit. Japan, just the conservatives, uptight as every other country um it's all bullshit that they're cutting edge or anything like that uh and then you see that in the film hannah's character basically it's an endless treadmill of aggression from other people right like even no. her even gin and miyuki or just talk shit to her about being trans she is the most spiritual spiritual gung-ho spiritual uh, she's like the, the the light of the film right she's seemingly represents the sort of non-denominational spiritual aspect of japan where we believe in something it's god but whatever god is generally <laughs> um she doesn't ever let shit get her down i love um the running gag of her like I don't, I, gag i guess but she's constantly being getting pissed off about being misgendered what i love about it is this movie's from 2003 and it's from Japan, and it's a Japanese man. I think, um, I'm sure, not being a trans person myself, there might be stuff in it that might be offensive that I don't completely understand. But I do think it's pretty amazing for this film to have come out in 2003 and to have handled the subject as well as it did. And that's just a testament to Satoshi Khan being as good as he is. Is he as good as Miyazaki? I guess we'll never know because he didn't really get to work as long as Miyazaki. Wow, no, everybody's getting sad. Mm-hmm. All right, so those are our three heroes and three magi. Um, I believe accurately expressed that they are, aside, on top of being homeless, they represent the poor that have been forgotten by society, women who are abused by Japanese society, and then the LGBT community, the most vulnerable members of society. And then they're homeless too. Homeless people get beat up all the time. Gen gets beat up by those kids. Apparently, over 40% of the Japanese homeless population have been attacked by um, uh, middle and upper class uh, men. So, <laughs> uh, I guess that shit happens all the time. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder what the statistics are like in the United States. They're probably not much better. Probably just as bad. <laughs> I mean, I've seen bum fights on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, so, there we go. We got our three magi. This, this shit's about it's, about, it's about Christ. They find baby on Christmas Eve. Is baby Christ? They that's ridiculous. Christ wasn't born on Christmas Eve. Shit's even after class. Remember Christ? Uh, oh, he's born on Christmas Day. That's what <laughs> God rest you, Jerry, Mary, gentlemen says. They, it, they, it goes so far as to when they find the baby and uncover it, uh, she's re- she's reflecting light, and they have to bow down to pick her up. And then you, there's a close-up shot of the three characters with their faces uh, engulfed in light. And all their features magnified, and you're like, oh, whoa, it's, this is a holy The baby was dipped in radium. Well, uh, the baby's also named Kyoko, or Hannah names it that, which is, uh, like I said, that's uh, the holy child. And she's got a blemish on her forehead, which is like the Uma in um, Buddhism, right? The little dot. So is Jesus, 
and is Buddha, and there's some other characteristic about it being her being a female that has to do with Shinto, but I forgot to write that down. Someone else will know it. And they, they so they find the the promised baby, and they they basically gotta get the baby back to its parents. They, then they go on basically a sitcom adventure. A lot of this movie is um not as serious as I'm making it sound, right? It's kind of just like oh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hijinks. Yeah, and there's a lot of exaggerated animation and um the uh the supposedly harrowing chase sequence you know that leads up to him and suicide is pretty funny too yeah it's like the um i don't I, to me it's like the most like fun animated foot chase i've ever seen <laughs> and then when she steals the truck and then crashes it like a block away <laughs> obviously that part is kind of scary because you're worried about the baby and again but it's thinking about it in retrospect of her just stealing the truck and then like immediately crashing it is really funny to me <laughs> So yeah, the movie is kind of wacky hijinks. It does uh, obviously have incredibly serious topics are addressed in it. Some of its subtext, some of its just, the final act, the crescendo of the movie is pretty harrowing. Like the foot chase is funny, but it, um and entertaining. But then it's also like, oh, that woman's gonna commit suicide and take the baby with her. And then um, our hero uh, Hana, she has no fear of death, so she jumps down to rescue the baby. And oh my God, what is it? Christmas miracle. There's strange, well, a New Year's Day miracle. Strange gust of wind and light emanating from an unknown source. Hannah, oh, Hannah, and the, the Hannah and the baby. Well, it could be, but I mean, it also could be the light of God or just pure love. They're carried softly back to the ground below. The child is saved and returned to its parents. And then they uh, put Hana in the men's ward of the hospital, and she's pissed, as you would be. But that's Japan for you. Um, <laughs> or America, baby. <laughs> yeah. No, we're talking about Japan, right? That's the only place. <laughs> All right, we're not going to beat by beat go through the movie. If you didn't watch it, fucking watch it. It's my favorite Christmas movie. It's an amazing film. The animation is amazing. Um, there's amazing motifs with wind and light. I've pointed out a few of them. Um, the characters are all amazing. Like I said, there's no evil in it beyond the mundane evil society. Everyone. And those little kids, those little dick little kids would be up the homeless people seem like evil assholes. Well, yeah, they're like the absence of light, right? Hmm. They suck. That's kids for you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) so keeping in mind religion not thought of the same way in japan as it is in the west and also it's satoshi khan who's not a religious person by any means um like i said i don't think the movie's trying to tell people to go to church on christmas day or any of that weird shit uh it's um like most of his work it's interconnectivity of humans the importance of humanity love hope and belief um belief in humanity in my opinion not like the, the idea of belief as in faith but uh i don't know i'm an atheist but Not me i'm into zoroastrianism uh so it's the love love is god the the danger of indulgence in meaningless consumption rather than the spirit of humanity was depictions all around of all the commercial angels and and the, the, all these people running around shopping for christmas all these things well the, the real nature of humanity the real blood of society is taking place on the street with these three magi trying to reunite a baby with its parents it's like it's kind of standard non-religious christmas stuff to be honest right (laughs) uh it is just like the magic of christmas to a certain extent it's it basically is a sort of remake of the 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 three um godfathers which you mentioned john wayne has a version of it there's like 10 other versions of it um but uh it to me also since it's broader than that and it's not actually specifically religious and it's directly spitting in the face of capitalism and how capitalism has structured our society in a way that degrades the value of human beings and the values of human connections i love it because it's basically um my entire ethos it's why i'm an anarchist a feminist etc um i believe love is all you need uh, i like to dress it up as a joke on the podcast like oh drinking fighting fucking that's what it's all about the, the more in a more spiritual context a more philosophical concept context this movie depicts my ethos where 
um, a lot of things in life are completely meaningless. They're constantly thrust upon you. Um, they you constantly are forced to watch walk like a three inch line that society has designed for you, and along it is it's just a path of obstacles and things that are presented to you that provide like temporary nourishment to a certain extent, but they're not fulfilling. They're not meaningful. It's there's a few meaningful things along the path, but most things you have to push out of your way as much as you can. Obviously you still have to work and have money because otherwise society is going to leave you behind, but it doesn't actually mean anything. All the, the real meaning is the meaning you make along the way. It's other people. It's all other people. It's uh, love and strife, synchronicity, um, the possession of love, the pursuit of love, the expression of love. Uh, why are we here? What the hell does Christmas mean anyway? It's fucking love. There you go. That's it. Figured it out? No. No, it's about Christ our Savior who was born on Christmas Day. Now I did it. I figured it out. That's <laughs> the meaning of life is love. Yeah, you didn't do it. You didn't write this movie. To love and to be loved. The meaning of life. Merry uh, Christmas. I mean, honestly, not only that, Charles Dickens already figured this out a long time ago. Yeah, but it's fun to talk about it again. I'm just making a joke about yeah, me right. being, as if I'm the one who, the first one to stumble. Yeah, I've done novel it. I've solved it. <laughs> Love is the most important thing. Yeah, I've figured it. it all out. You guys throw away your money. <laughs> the Beatles don't have a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> what do they know? They're rich. Uh, so obviously there's, uh, yeah, you still gotta have money and, um, people have grown quite a bit like cynical, I guess. And I'm a pretty cynical person myself, obviously. Where no, you don't say uh, there's a major challenge to spirituality and belief. And I'm an atheist too. So I challenge those things, but, um, and I know it's like not, it's a simple answer to a complex question. And it doesn't solve anything, but in my opinion, it's, um, the best way to look at life is if you're, I don't know, if you can find meaning and memory in like things that are organic and real, that are connections between people, things like that, but that's like, that's it. That's all there is. That's the light of God. That's love. That's what Christmas is. Christmas isn't about presents or Christmas trees. Christmas trees are like dope. Sometimes you go on a romantic date to look at Christmas lights and stuff, but that was about the connection with the other person. Same thing well, when you're opening presents. It's a two thing. Yeah, and I mean the the the, the light Christmas lights. It's a that's an expression of love. That's an expression of art. Someone put love and thought into it to show it to other people. It's that's. Oh, they're like, like oh, I'm gonna have the better better Christmas display than Gary, that motherfucker. They might, but even that even that 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 rivalry with him and Gary is is an expression of love and connection. Oh, you give me that love and hate. They're the same coin shit. No, it is though, man. You have to. I'm indifferent to everything. You have to be have a lot of love to hate like I do. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, and so that's my final thesis on Christmas. It's all about love. Thank you for listening to VHS Cult. I love all of our listeners. I love you, Sean, my brother. I love our family. I love your kids. Um, love Roger Ebert, who has a quote that um, doesn't necessarily fit with what we're talking about, but I like it because it fits with the whole reason. I like doing this podcast still where he says movies are the most powerful empathy machine in all the arts. I think it's true, man. You sit down and watch Tokyo Godfather and I'm like, you know what? I do fucking love society. Maybe we can work it out. You know, I was standing and I think, you know what? I do want to smoke in a hospital. <laughs> I was seeing that too when the, he was smoking in the hospital. I was like, wow. Japan 2003, huh? <laughs> but, but actually America 2003 probably could have still, maybe not in a hospital. No, not in a hospital. Because I remember there was in one a bar, year. Maybe. Yeah, there was one year. I remember when they started to cut that out. There was about six months of my 21st year where I, where I was still able to smoke in a bar. So that was back in um, 2007, 2008. Man, I'm getting old. <laughs> What's Christmas like when you have kids and stuff? Is it better? Uh, I mean, we're like, uh, I don't know. We I do kind of the same shit we used to do as kids. You know, we'd... Uh, Decorate the Christmas tree. We watch Christmas movies. Yeah, we make cookies. Um, we drink hot chocolate. So I don't know. It's kind of, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was just <laughs> thinking like 
when I was younger, events used to just like occur and transpire, right? And I just processed them as they came and usually moved on from them rather quickly. Yeah, I mean, that's one difference is like I'm planning the shit now versus it just happening. Yeah, well, I've seen about this year around Halloween and Christmas and stuff, um, how deliberate I was in like trying to make. Well, I'm about to do that right now. I'm about to go into hardcore Christmas mode today. Season, like this season, as memorable as possible. I feel like I'm like chasing meaningful memories all the time at this point in my life <clears throat> which isn't bad gotta find meaning somewhere but well christmas time Must you know be. here's sean's philosophy on christmas it's about the stuff so <laughs> uh you stuff. should you should get out there and uh subscribe to vhs cult uh send us send us your cash um because we want stuff huh that stuff makes me happy you know what family friends uh, happiness? <laughs> yeah. PlayStation 5s. That's what I need. Not me. Send me a cat if you're going to send me anything. <laughs> oh, you can't send cats in the mail. They do that, though. Did you know that? Yeah, they do, but I that's feel crazy. it feels mean to me. Yeah, I, I don't want to mail. I'll drive and go pick up a cat <laughs> yeah, if I need a cat that bad. Don't fucking mail me a cat. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, mom told me that the other day. She's like, yeah, you can get like, overnight cats. And I was like, that. Uh, I don't think that seems right. <laughs> I don't know if they should do that. <laughs> I remember reading a story about um, in like the early 1900s, someone mailing a kid. And he wrote it in the back of the mail van. <laughs> yeah, did like the mail and carriers were, know and stuff? Yeah, yeah, or what? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like feeding like, them and shit. <laughs> they, they throw some kibble back there once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's different. That's just almost like taking a train or something, though. <laughs> It's not like he was stuck in a box for like two weeks as he crossed like the frontier. <laughs> no one knew he was in there. Like, be quiet. I don't want to pay for the postage. You already have too many arrows. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit, man. That was Christmas mean anyway. VHS it's, cult. That means VHS cult. I don't know. That's right. VHS cult. Nah, it's just drinking, fighting, and fucking. <laughs> well, come full circle. Mm-hmm. It's about oh, yeah. love. Ah, fuck it. It's about <laughs> drinking and fighting. Fuck it. I already mentioned like that's my comical way of expressing um the the, the importance of connectivity to humanity. <laughs> fighting and fucking them. Drinking. I can't drink fighting, you or fighting. fight you or fuck you. I don't care. Do, 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 do. Well, I mean, like all my best memories and experiences were have been like drinking, fighting, fucking. Well, that's a sign you're an alcoholic. <laughs> Nah, all just, my best memories that I can remember of when I was drunk. Mm. Conversely, all my worst memories are when I was drunk. Nah, I just mean like to the wild, near to the wild heart of life. Get you, get <laughs> you're your, just craving that excitement. Get your blood yeah, warm. Your, blood, your blood's hot. It's up. You got your girl with you. You're slamming G&Ts. You're going to do Molly later and have sex for two hours and not come. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, my name's Sting. <laughs> that's the real shit man that's the true love so shout out to everyone merry christmas happy hanukkah love everyone try to love your neighbors i know some of them are nazis but you know they might they might figure it out who knows probably not yeah i don't know yeah just be nice to people you don't know what they're going through some people are all right there are people that genuinely genuinely are out there that just want the best for society and other people so, um, and they're all in Congress. No, it's not those guys. I don't think. Not all of them. Not you many know, the of them. best form of stimulus is a job. So that's why you should stimulate VHS call by sending us a check. Yeah, make this or our money job. order. <laughs> make this our job, so I'll grow to hate it. Oh, also watch the um Christmas episode of Wonder Years. It's pretty good. But before that, VHSCult.com got two podcasts. Check them out. Rate and review five stars on that shit. Ten stars, six hundred and sixty-six stars. Hail Wait, Satan! You, uh, give me all all the stars. Post it west. Or the thumbs it. ups. Uh, follow us on social medias. Write us emails. Tell your friends and family. Start a gang. VHS cult uh, sub gang. Eventually, we'll all link up and build and prosper. You're not a gang. You're a cult. Right? Uh, same story, shit, man. We're gonna no, 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 no. You got, a, you got a more codified than uh, your traditional gang. I'm more like a mafia. Well, no, I'm more like a cartel. They usually um sent them where they. There you go. That that's shit. fair. That spooky shit, man. Ooh. Ooh. Some of it's so gruesome though, but oh, it's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> 
So everyone enjoy your Christmas and your Hanukkah and remember that everyone belongs here in the VHS cult except for Nazis and stuff. I mean, like everyone cool can hang out in the VHS cult. Even some non-cools, but I mean, like you, yeah, like if you're like a weeb and you like anime a lot, but other than that, you're like you know pretty chill. I mean, you're not cool, but you can be even cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because VHS cult is for everybody. Love is for everybody. Love is God. Merry Christmas. Merry oh, 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 oh. Crisis. Santa Kyle. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, uh, Sean and Benezer Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>